All right, everybody, welcome to the Musical Splitting Podcast. I am your host and dairy-free milk substitute, Kava Taharian. And I'm still mispronouncing Kava Taharian's name, Lindsay <laughs> Elias. You and all of my teachers every year throughout <laughs> all of school. Uh, today we are joined by uh, Lindsay's good friend who I somehow had not met until right now, Until although I technically yeah. haven't really met met, but just through yeah. Zoom met, uh, all the way from Brooklyn, New York, Miss... Brooklyn. Prince Brooklyn. I'm sorry, I slurred. No, I mean no Brooklyn because <laughs> it's lit. She's my yeah. She's my she's my co-host on our PBS show. It's lit, which is about books. So Brooklyn is Brooklyn. Correct. Yes, Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn. Uh, the lovely Miss Princess Weeks. Welcome finally to the podcast after all this time. Honestly, I'm offended. I haven't been here sooner. I am too. Yeah. Lindsay, explain yeah, yourself. This is my well. She I guess, yeah. She's gonna have to take over the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to resign in disgrace. Yes. Like after I when, there, when you said that they were doing a repo episode, I'm like, she's gonna call me. She's gonna be like, Princess, I know you love repo. Da, 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 da. I didn't know nothing. you love repo. I told you. <laughs> I told, I literally when you were talking oh. about it, I was oh, like, yeah. I love yeah, repo, right. and you're like, it's it's a piece of shit. <laughs> you know what? It's probably for the best. The reason we're doing Moana now is because we wanted to. Well, I mean, like right at, even after we finished it, and mm-hmm. before we got some backlash on the last episode. Did we, we get a like, lot of backlash? I don't even remember. I got I got some backlash. Oh, you did. Okay, I missed that. <laughs> like because of my uh, bottomless negativity. Um, but that's part but, of the charm. Yeah, but it's part of your charm. That's I'm true. Supposed to, yes. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the buoyant one. And maybe that was just a, a bad dynamic. Listen, Lindsay Ellis, white devil, is not allowed to <laughs> spread her negativity <laughs> about Into the Heights. Well, here's the thing. Like, as I was watching this movie, I was sitting in theaters just thinking, like, I don't know how I'm going to talk about this movie because... I have never hated living in a place more than I hated living in Washington Heights. And I just could not, like... Like, I'm just, I could not detach from that. And so that's part of why I just kind of went into this really clinical brain of like, oh, I just can't empathize with like the joy that this movie is trying to evoke. So I Mm kind of went into like, well, who's getting the apartment and what, you know, that like you just got to go into like super logical brain because that's the thing that happens when, you know, because I find that when people get really hung up on, like the logistics of a plot, it's because the story just isn't working for them mm-hmm. um, because all plots are contrived, you know, because like sure. every 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 story has some level of like contrivance or like skipping or nonsense logic. Uh, and normally you'll, you'll look over that if the story is engaging. Yeah. So to bring some positivity back into it, we're going to complete our Lin-Manuel trilogy with Moana, his other his should have been EGOT. Moana. Make way, make way. Yeah, this yeah. is his probably his best cohesive work because um, as a black person, um, I have issues with Hamilton and In the Heights in terms of their construction and Lin-Manuel Miranda's weird privileged way of dealing with all of those topics. But that's, you know, hot take. Doesn't mean that I think that they're yeah. bad, but I do mm-hmm. think that he has a very limited range. And Moana is the thing that most put him outside of his range because it wasn't about him. You know, it wasn't about him rap singing and all yeah. kinds of things. Like, like, yeah, I feel like in a weird way, Moana is the only major work he's done that's not about Lin-Manuel Miranda. (laughs) Yeah, it's not about showing off him. It's about showing off these particular characters. And I think in that way, he gets to make some really, in my opinion, the best Disney music in a a film like this 
Mm-hmm. Since Princess and the Frog, even though I don't love those songs, oh god, I would say no. I would say no, no. Princess and the Frog blows. I <laughs> like the music. Like I'm, I'm like Friends on the other side is fine. The rest of it is just like I feel like we're just giving it a pass. Like I, okay, fun fact: the other night I was like uh, we we were watching Loki, and so I was on Disney Plus, and I was like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm I'm gonna watch Princess and the Frog again. So it was like me and Nick, and I put it on, and then I like immediately remembered like oh but there's a better person of color turns into an animal movie on on disney plus i made it one minute and eight seconds into princess and the frog before diving right back into the emperor's new groove oh god i mean it's so hard nick Nick was like dying he was like one minute and eight seconds you made it one minute and eight seconds it's that movie is so hard for me because i love tiana i think i love her animation i i like her in concept but the movie around newman i think randy newman fucking blows yeah i think i think the (laughs) it's a lot like soul my other albatross of like black animation of like you know there's just so much whiteness encompassing this one interesting black character and what i would give for it to just be a black movie but anyway we get moana which is like i mean i feel like i'd give like it could have the same story and if it just had a black composer I would give yeah. it a pass. But the fact that it's Randy Newman is just like unforgivable to me. But so is yeah. the general he, thought that but Moana fills that kind of void that's missing? For Mr. Miranda? I think so. I think it kind of in terms of like good ethnic music. In a, I think Lilo and Stitch is probably the better one in general because mm-hmm. they actually had a Hawaiian um, people involved in the background music and they had choirs involved with it. I think Hawaiian roller coaster ride. Well, we'll get to that. Oh. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry, jumping ahead. There's a lot more uh, authenticity in this. And Moana is just a really, really good protagonist. I think it's definitely my favorite of these new batches of Disney movies because I'm one of the people who doesn't like Tangled. So and I don't like the first Frozen. So I'm like Moana. Excellent. 25 million stars. Tangled is like the Nilla wafer of movies. It's just like it's hard to be offended by, but it's also hard to get excited about, you know? It's so funny. I, um, today that we're recording is the, sorry to go on so many tangents, but it's, it's me. I'm here. Uh, It's typical for us. Don't worry. (laughs) It's one of those podcasts. Exactly. It's the 25th anniversary of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. So I was like going back and reading a lot of stuff about it. And like when they were creating Phoebus, they got a lot of notes back because they felt that he wasn't handsome enough because after that time they had a no facial hair rule for men. And I was like, mm. literally Phoebus walked Ooh. so Finn Rider <laughs> could run and be like the absolute worst kind of hero because I hate, I hate Eugene. I hate him so much. And I hated Phoebus. Yeah. So I think facial hair is a mistake. Don't give it to yeah. your leading men. <laughs> Here on Musical Splitting, we are in agreement. We're facial hair. Facial hair is a mistake. No. Only in animation. <laughs> like IRL. A fat baby otherwise. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and come out. I'm, I ha- this, is very, this is a very vulnerable moment for me. Oh, God. But oh God. Uh, Moana is my favorite Disney movie. Whoa. Period. Whoa, hot take, take, Dude, take. Dude, that's, that's pretty epic. You're betraying all the brunettes that, that, that love Beauty and the Beast. You're really going to do that to them? I, you know what? There are enough brunettes <laughs> to love Beauty and the Beast. I think, I feel like there's this interesting thing like with millennials where it's just like very rare for people to say, like say their favorite Disney movie is something that came out after the year 
uh, Emperor's New Groove. So mm. the, after the year 2001, like yeah, 9-11 after, like, is the demarcation. Yeah, it's true. 9-11 yeah. Yeah. is But I just sort of like, you know, when I said that, like, well, Hades Town is my favorite musical, even though it only came out a couple years ago. Mm. And it's just sort of like people be surprised by that. It's just like, well, why? You know, sooner or later, a better thing's going to come out. And, it's true. You know, it's like, you know, if it hits you at the right time, then that's what it is. So I, yeah. I think Moana is actually the one I've seen the most, probably, mm. it, ignoring, you know, the fact that, you know, we had VHS back in the day and watched you know, the same movie over and over and over again because we had no choice <laughs> because we had three movies. But, uh, I, yeah, I've just, especially since Disney Plus happened, it's just, I've watched Moana so many times. I probably, like, you know, all the 90s movies more or less have it memorized like Aladdin. <laughs> I was going to say, I also feel like that's sort of what's happened is the opposite to me where, like, be- after the Disney-Pixar merger happened mm-hmm. and because Disney started making CG movies, I feel like, Every year there's like 17,000 movies that come out and I don't know the difference between what's Pixar and what's Disney anymore. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I've missed half the slate because I just sort of get, it's like my Netflix queue of like movies that I'm supposed to watch. And so I've like forgotten what's what. Well, especially since Disney studios and their goddamn like eternity forever war to conquer China (laughs) is not doing musicals anymore. Like, what is the difference between, like, anything that's come out in the last uh, three, four years and, you know, a DreamWorks movie? Like, there isn't one. I I just still have an idea of DreamWorks from, like, the year 2000 of, like, Martin Scorsese fish with eyebrows. And, like, I've never never gotten past that. Will Smith fish. No. Angelina Jolie fish. Yo, that movie. Uh, It's an Oscar nominated. That's Academy Award nominated Shark Tale right there. That that, that, that Academy Award nominated? Yeah. That was some fish lips. Yeah. There was a lot of lips in that movie. Yes, girl. It was up against Shrek. Because <laughs> there was like three like animated movies that would come out a year back then, I think. Yeah. That's probably mm-hmm. where they just had to. Plus Katzenberg probably like threatened everyone's children like to murder yeah. them or something if they didn't get nominated. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, should we get into the notes? Great, let's do it. It's <laughs> okay. notes time. So Moana takes place around 2,000 years ago and tells the story of, you guessed it, Moana. The strong-willed daughter of a chief of a Polynesian village who is chosen by the ocean itself to find the demigod Maui and make him return the mystical heart of uh, Tifiti with Tefiti. the goddess he stole for Tifiti. Did I say it wrong? Tifiti. Tefiti. Yes, there you go. Tifiti Tef- oh, with the goddess he stole it from. The film features songs written by Lin Manuel Miranda, uh, Opetai. Oh my God, I'm going to fuck this up (laughs) so bad. I'm so sorry. Okay, so I spent like an hour looking on YouTube trying to find the correct pronunciation and I didn't find any, I'm sure it's like some obscure video exists, but I couldn't find anyone pronouncing it. I'm I'm pretty sure it's uh, Opataya Fawai. Opataya Fawai. And Mark Mancini. Pretty sure. Okay, apologies. Correct us on Twitter. Give us that engagement. I'm sure I'll get yelled at. Uh, And an orchestral score also composed by Mancina. The plot is original, but takes inspiration not only from Polynesian myths, but Polynesian history as well. Taika Watiti wrote the initial screenplay. Oh, I didn't know that. Our boy Taika. Our boy. There's a lot of Taika fingerprints on this movie. Oh, mm. that's good. His DNA is there. Ooh, I love delicious. I love. Uh, I love him. Do you? Are, do you guys like his old movies? Do you guys like Boy and Hunt for the Wilder People? I haven't seen. Yeah, I actually haven't seen Wilder People, but you know, we we love. I mean, I like what we do in the shadows, but I got to be honest, I like the TV show more. 
I haven't watched it yet. Same. Oh my god, the Persian rep there is 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 ten stars. Yeah, Yeah, the the main character, the lead lead vampire. He's a he's a he's 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 one of yours. Like the actor is, or the in the story? Both. He's both, isn't he? Yeah, 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 both. He's like an ancient Persian conqueror who now lives in uh, where is it? Brooklyn? No, they live in Staten Island. Brooklyn, (laughs) Lindsay. It's Brooklyn. (laughs) Brooklyn in Brooklyn. (laughs) Goodness. All right. Yeah. I got to get on that shit. All right. Yeah. Uh, Taika wrote the initial screenplay, but after butting heads with the studio one too many times, he left the project and went home to New Zealand and co-wrote slash directed What We Do in the Shadows with Jermaine Clement. Years later, YTT joked that all that was left in the original draft was Exterior Ocean Day. (laughs) Uh, the first draft that's a, focused on... That's a little on, screenwriting joke yeah, I guess for that's you, true. inspiring that's... <laughs> screenwriters out there. It's like you're setting in time. The first draft focused on Moana as the sole daughter with a bunch of brothers, and it was one of those girl-has-to-prove-herself-to-the-boys plots. Thank what? God they changed yeah, that. Yeah, thank God, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I love you, Taika, but oh, no. Gen- that's generic no. sauce. <laughs> no. Uh, Waititi remained on good terms with the studio and went on to direct Thor Ragnarok and Love and Thunder. And the film also borrows a lot from the Waititi stable of actors. Clement plays Tamatoa, the evil crab. Is that right? <laughs> Tamatoa. Rachel House plays uh, Grandma Tala, Moana's grandmother. I do love Rachel House. She's fucking great yeah. in all of her like, shit. Yeah. And also because she was like the only good thing in Soul. <laughs> yeah. She was a little cameo there. Yeah, that's good. She's yeah. a great voice actress, too. Yeah, I do. remember. I remember her distinctly from that movie, too. Yeah. You're like the only where you're like, oh, yeah, it's you from, you know, uh, Everything Thor. that he's ever yeah, done. Yeah. She, yeah, like booze hag. Uh, <laughs> but she was only 45 uh, when she uh, voice acted Grandma Tala in this movie. So she's a very versatile voice actress. Yeah. And she also uh, voiced the uh, Maori trans, the Maori dub. Oh, oh really? Awesome. And, uh, and Jemaine Clement did too, actually. They both yeah. voiced their own characters. That's fantastic. Aww. I love Jermaine Clemens. He's such a weirdo. Sarah yeah. and I always look at him. And we're like, he's just like a human Muppet. We like, he's just, <laughs> I just like always laugh when I see him. Yeah. Not laughing at him. Obviously, yeah. yeah. No, but. I mean, I think it's like, that's another one of my like comfort food things is like whenever I'm in a bad mood, I rewatch uh, one of the lesser known flight of the Concord songs, mm. which is Albie the racist dragon. Yes. Oh my God. You bring that up all the time. I, I just like, yeah, I, I, I just like, it's the one joke that I never stop laughing at. Part six. Uh, it also cribs from the Miranda stable, Christopher Jackson, a.k.a. Washington from Hamilton. And, and also, Mr. Softy. Yeah, I was going to say Mr. Softy from the extended universe uh, is the singing voice of Moana's father. Uh, today I learned Nicole Scherzinger is Hawaiian. Scherzinger, Scherzinger. She's from Pussycat Dolls, the, right? The Pussycat Doll, yeah. And, I knew uh, that. Grizabella from Cats. I was like, because I was like, what? Oh, I didn't realize she was in Cats. She was in the... Um, 2016-ish revival. Oh, not oh. in the movie. She was on Broadway. Yeah, she she, uh, she was a weirdly young Grizabella. I was gonna say. I'm like, but, hey, 43. If like, what did she say? 45, and she was playing the other <laughs> Rachel. Yeah, yeah, was playing Rachel the House yeah. was 45. Yeah, so uh, Nicole Scherzinger is Hawaiian, and her name isn't really Nicole Scherzinger. It's like, which is a weird stage name. It's it's clumsy. If that's not your real name, Scherzinger. <laughs> it must be another family name. But I knew that she was not of the white persuasion. She uh, yeah, she wasn't a fake tan. Yeah. I did not know that Jemaine Clement was Maori until right now. I apologize. Today I learned. Hey, this whole thing is today I learned. Don't worry. Don't apologize. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, it's just, I feel like if, if, if there's a New Zealand actor who wasn't in Lord of the Rings, they're probably Maori. So it's like <laughs> all of the New Zealand, all of the Maori New Zealand actors were like quietly shunted away, mm. except for the guy who plays uh, 
what's his name? Erg the Uruka. I don't know. The <laughs> let's let's not let's not think about it too hard. Oh, okay, I got it. Her last name is from her um, stepfather who adopted her. That's why she mm. has that name. He's okay. German. So there you go. Nailed it. All right. <laughs> Maui is a fixture in Tongan, Tahitian, Samoan, Mongarevan, and Maori Hawaiian mythology. Kind of like if Bugs Bunny and Hercules had a Polynesian baby and threw it in the ocean and the gods found him and gave him a magical fish hook. He's uh, like he, he has this like the trickster part, um, you know, it's just like he definitely has those Hercules elements, but it's also it kind of reminds me of like Jack Tales or uh, Br'er Rabbit mm-hmm. where um, it's like the, the part of the appeal is he outsmarts his, uh, you know, whatever the antagonistic force is or mm. whatever problem he comes up against. He's like, you know, he, he's like a Loki who's not evil. A trickster, yeah. He, he, he didn't need a redemption arc, a redemption redemption. Arc, except for in Moana, ironically. Yeah. Yeah, true. We love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Women fixing prop messes men made. <laughs> we want it to be realistic, Lindsay. Yeah, I was going to say. It's, I was like, what fiction? He said he was sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Maori rap in Your Welcome gives a quick rundown of some of his more well-known exploits, pulling up islands, giving people coconuts. Is that a, is that like a rascally thing to do is to give people coconuts? Uh, it's his Prometheus yeah. part, you know? Yeah, that's like, a, like, yeah, that's that his, seems that's like a good thing. Yeah. I'd, I'd be excited if someone gave me coconuts. Those wascally coconuts. <laughs> I'm like, coconut thank you for this season. delicious Mango food season. and drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maui is usually portrayed with a top knot. Or as we call them, man buns, right? <laughs> uh, this was a point of contention in Polynesia. But the film draws from actual Polynesian history. The plot centers on an event known as the long pause, which is not when you pause the movie and then go to the bathroom and then come back to it like an hour later. Yeah. Ancient Polynesian people were expert wayfarers and they constructed large sound boats that were capable of crossing the vast ocean. Western Polynesian islands, New Zealand, Tonga, Fiji, and Samoa, were colonized approximately 3,500 years ago. However, once they hit Fiji, all ocean exploration suddenly ceased for about 2,000 years. Anthropologists call this period the Long Pause. Between 1,500 and 500 years ago, Polynesians restarted their colonization of the central and eastern Polynesian islands, including Hawaii and Tahiti, and in a relatively short time, they colonized nearly every island in the central and eastern Pacific Ocean. To this day, the reason for the Long Pause is a mystery. They're like, the whites are coming, quick. We gotta get together, guys. Listen. We gotta get we gotta get to Hawaii before they do. To, to quote Poet Talon, these white people cannot be trusted. <laughs> um, clearly, this is the rock's fault. It was probably El Nino's fault. For those of you who know habla espanol. Yo soy El Nino. For those of you who don't habla espanol, El Nino is Spanish for the Nino. <laughs> The other joke that always never never fails to make me laugh: Chris uh, Farley and Albie, the rest of the racist dragon. Um, R.I.P. Okay, we made it through. Dear God, that was long. We did it, guys. That was, that was a page and a half. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of words you had to pronounce, Lindsay. My mm-hmm. God, yeah, that's the fun part. I should have put more. I should have put put more landmines in there. I know, seriously. <laughs> About uh, how Kava hates man buns. Man, but I I resent man buns because I can't grow my hair as thick anymore. That's really the only reason why. But I'd be all man bunned out right now yeah. if I could still grow I don't, my hair. Yeah, like I just kind of wonder why they chose to um, do Maui the way that they did. Uh, I, mean, I still have, I'm sure that it's somewhere, but like they chose to. But for the most part, his hair is like free flowing, mm-hmm. which is not really a thing. Like Maui's always uh, got his hair up in uh, 
Polynesian mythology. So it's like I feel like it's probably like a CG flex of some sort because like you can figure out the mechanics yeah. of like how the hair would funk because I know that's a big thing among CG animators and effects mm-hmm. artists and stuff. Yeah, it's like probably the textures <laughs> and that kind of stuff. So it was probably just like, oh, this will look awesome if we can figure this. And it does, from what I remember, this look yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Even he even mentions that like the one of his one of his two priorities is keeping his hair silky. I understand. Again, as a former long-haired person, yeah. I, I can appreciate that. I feel like maybe Dwayne himself was like, but can his hair be voluminous? Right. Yeah. Again, another man who can't really grow hair the way he used to, probably. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know, actually, is he not? He might not be bald-bald. He might just got it really short. I feel like by now he's bald-bald. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty bald. He's like, you know, Bruce Willis bald. Like, mm-hmm. he's just leaning all the way in and, you know, turned him, like, just made an image of himself as, like, one of those dinosaurs with the skull caps that, like, bashes things. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, what the fuck? What was that dinosaur called? I'm trying to remember. I know exactly what it's you're talking the about. The Rock. The Rock, it's yeah. It's called The Rock. It's called That's the Dwayne Johnsonosaurus. Yeah. 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 But it's also because, like, Dwayne this movie Dwayne Rex. When did this movie? This movie came out in 2016, 16. I think. Yeah, 2016. Was it really that late? For some reason, I thought this was much older. Whoa. Yeah, it's five oh. years ago. And it's just sort of because, like, that was, it was sort of like this perfect sort of, like, stars aligning. Lin-Manuel Miranda was still trendy. Like, Hamilton had just come out. Um... And it's like, and the biggest movie star in the world just happened to be Polynesian. Mm-hmm. I, I also like this is kind of a non sequitur, but I was reading this study not too long ago about how like uh, something like only like four or five percent of uh, movies that came out in uh, the U.S. in the last I don't know four or five years uh, had Asian leads and mm-hmm. or Asian major characters, and a solid half of them were just The Rock. Like oh, shit. As, it was just yeah. one, one, the rock, one guy. and then yeah. you know ev- the other half was everyone else. So it is like kind of astonishing how. <laughs> yeah, it, it's Dwayne the Rock oh. Johnson and, and Jason Momoa are like holding it down for yeah, the <laughs> Pasky side. Yeah, yeah. I guess that yeah. This was before Jason Momoa. Uh, well, no, actually, it is kind of. I guess he can't sing. That's well, he wasn't. Like, why in, was yeah. Jason? Yeah, right. He what? Yeah, he doesn't like need you with those abs. Jesus, come on. <laughs> Because I was, yeah. There's another part of me who's like, why was Bruno Mars not in this? Uh, it's because it's because he's not Polynesian. He's uh, well, because I was like, he's is, Filipino. He's Filipino. Yeah, I was yeah. say he's like, Filipino. Does, from does that Hawaii. not count? No, no, apparently not. <laughs> no. Princess, where does this rank? Did you already say where this ranks for you in oh, terms no, no, no. of like all-time oh, favorite so Disney movies? So this would probably be like easily in my top five. My favorite Disney movie is a Goofy movie, but I think interesting. Yeah, I. I I love that movie. Father, dad, like anything about parents reconciling and like mm-hmm. all the father son stuff in it, like guts me. Also, mm-hmm. I had like I was one of those girls at the age I had a really huge crush on Max Goof. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is a boy, but also a dog. But I love dogs. <laughs> so we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. I when you say, say it like that, I feel like I would watch a goofy movie now and probably start crying if it's about like a father son reconciliation. Like if you have it watched it in a while it like the music is fun and it's really cute and it's like short okay it's a perfect like a sad dad movie i love those yeah so it's really good i would say moana is i would say is one of like the best disney movies of what it's trying to do which is like of that post little mermaid i'm a spunky independent Mm-hmm. Woman of color, mm-hmm. and I gotta push against the system. I think of like all of the ones of that oeuvre. This is the most successful because like Moana is a fully fleshed out character, and even though mm-hmm. as Lindsay ex- like dragged uh, with the Disney feminism <laughs> hot takes in her Little Mermaid <laughs> video, which 
I took that personally. Um, I mean, I did it too. <laughs> I no, did, we it all too. did it. That's why it's we funny. We all did it. Yeah, we that's were why it's funny. <laughs> we, 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 I would like, cause people were reminding me of actual things I said. And I'm like, oh my God. I was like those BuzzFeed articles verbatim. Oh, yeah. In because it was like a Myers oh my Briggs, you know, it's yeah. like, which, it's like you have to show how feminist you are. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Ariel, bad. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I do think that there is something about Moana not having to like prove her gender thing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like, oh, thank God. We're yeah. liberated from that like, nonsense. Like, it's so tiresome. Exactly. She doesn't have like a hole of some sort that's like being filled by like, yeah, no, it's just like her, like her, yeah. yeah. And also, also, her like her quest has nothing to do with her gender. You yeah. know, it's just like, uh, like she doesn't feel like a, you know, because I know people like to point to Ripley as a character that was written as male and just cast as female. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, she feels like a girl, you know. But at the same time, like her, you know, quest doesn't really hinge on like her being like uh, held to a lower standard because she's a girl. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to like get married or whatever. She doesn't have like girl related expectations. Her dad immediately is like, yep, you're going to be the next chief. Yeah. And like, it's not never even brought up like, cause we don't have any sons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's just, honestly, I just find it's a relief that it's not even mentioned because it's just like, that was another reason I found this movie so refreshing because you don't realize how ubiquitous it, ubiquitous it is that, part of the protagonist's expectations are like about their gender and like how I'm like, everyone thinks so little of me because I'm a girl. Uh, and so it was just kind of a relief not to have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think also to have a dad who's protective in a way that's actually treated with some level of like nuance and empathy. Like I think the sequence where they show like Moana's father, like lost his friend, like mm-hmm. in the water, like I compare it to like Triton, how like you never find out, why yeah, Triton tri- hates humanity so much? You can assume because you're like, duh, humans yeah. suck. Well, oh, but, wait, wait, wasn't it like in, in The Little Mermaid 3? Three? 3, yeah, the Ariel's beginning. <laughs> Get it right. Oh, my God. Did humans eat his mother yes, or something? Humans ate, <laughs> humans ate Ariel's mother. Yeah, humans, like, killed Ariel's mother and probably filleted her mad good, like, seasoned it and yeah, everything. Right. And Triton yeah, was like, never again. Now he's like, yeah. so. I am going to become Cruella. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, Ariel doesn't share any of that F no hate. She's like, yeah, they killed my mom, but maybe I could it's change just one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Happens all I, the time. I, exactly. <laughs> but I also love the grandmother. I think the grandmother character and like the I am Moana reprise, it makes me cry mm-hmm. every yeah. single time. No, that's the other thing is I, I was really close with my grandma. So I just like, that's why I'm like, I will watch Moana by myself or not at all. Because when it comes to Moana reprise, I'm just like... Yeah, everybody get out. This is our moment of prayer. Oh, great. You're going to make <laughs> I, me watch a grandma movie? I'm like, I don't want to cry. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, no. Right. Because, yeah, I guess you, you lost your grandma last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, oh, yeah. We're gonna, so watch it by yourself. Yeah, right. Have, yeah. have like, no less than one beer, but no more than three beers. Okay. And uh, just fucking cry it out, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, you know, I, I did see it when it came out, and I liked it fine. I just don't... I, again, like, like I was saying earlier, I just... There's so many... Disney movies that come out that I feel like it just gets lost in the shuffle. And also, mm-hmm. obviously, as we've established in this podcast, I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a fish and I just live moment to moment. So I yeah. just sort of I remember the You're you Welcome do. song. And that's basically <laughs> all I remember from this. Yeah. That's a solid choice. Yeah. But yeah, between this and Coco, it was like, do you love your grandmother? Well, I hope you're ready to watch <laughs> her die. So it's yeah, like, right. oh my God. And I'm just sitting here like, I don't even have a grandmother, but I'm so sad. <laughs> yeah. I, I also really do, like, again, I think you're right that it is Miranda's most consistent work. 
it's interesting because like they say the first song they wrote of this whole thing was between it was Miranda Mancina and uh, Fawai all writing uh, We Know the Way, which you can kind of tell it's just like, oh, so this is like almost like their big opener. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I feel like this is like the highest quality of songs in like any Disney movie since like Howard Ashman was still alive. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely like the most bangers per minute and yeah. it definitely was a, a war crime that uh, <laughs> Miranda did not win <laughs> the, the Oscar that year. Who are yeah. the directors? Uh, that would be John Musker and Ron Clements. Oh, it's Musker and Clements. Okay, who did like you everything? You may remember from Aladdin and uh, The Little Mermaid and The Great Mouse Detective and Princess of the Frog, actually, was the last one they did before this. Yeah, well, so everyone learns. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone has those <laughs> days. I, uh, man, I, I mean, I feel like the, the funny thing about Princess and the Frog is it very much did feel like one of those early attempts to respond to criticism of 90s Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Or she's like, look at what a hard worker she is. Boy, she sure does work hard. Like, maybe the problem is she works too hard. I don't know. What if she just spent time with her family? I just Maybe I, she should spend time with her family. Maybe that's maybe that's her problem. I don't know. I just never forgave them for deciding to set this movie in ni- that movie in 1920s New Orleans. I was like, it's what so the weird. absolute fuck is that? Like, I was like, so <laughs> the Great Depression is like right around the corner. Jim Crow is fuck. I'm like, why would I yeah, want to? Like, Jim, Jim Crow is at his height. And here's patrician, wealthy white man, John Goodman, walking across the track to get some of those beignets. Yeah. He's gonna, uh-huh. she's, gonna, she's gonna marry a racially ambiguous <laughs> prince he's, of a know-nothing nation. Moravian. Not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't even make her love interest black. I'm just like, you guys suck. He's it's such a weird movie. Moldovia. <laughs> <laughs> The ethnically ambiguous nation of what was it, Moldovia? Like, and then he, but he has a white butler who's so angry, and I'm just like, shut up! I just, it's so sad. I love Tiana; her design is so cute. Oh yeah, he has but, a white butler who gets petty and takes over his like body snatches who gets petty him. And bodies, oh my god! It's just like soul. Movie. <laughs> I mean, I would say it's so much worse than soul. <laughs> Oh, that was why I was so mad. Guess what beat Moana for best original song? Oh, God, no. What is it? One guess, Kave. Uh, I no idea. What year I was this? I really remember 2016, you said? It was fucking La La Land. Oh! oh! <laughs> hate crime! <No! laughs> okay, hate La La crime. That is a hate crime against war everybody. Speaking of racist. Hate crime. War crime. You're right, Lizzie. Like, war no. crimes. It was a war crime. Tried at the Hague. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences uh, tried at the Hague. You have like when they reach heaven, they have to literally look at God and be like, "So <laughs> you, you nom- so you nominated La La. You beat. You gave La La Land. You gave La La Land." <laughs> I'm glaring at no one right now out of anger. I'm just. They're like, like oh, well, we gave it fuckers. to Moonlight. Ugh. Just one. <laughs> well, two. But <laughs> like that's it. All right, so oh yeah, I we're almost at time, time for some. We're just so yeah. funny. time for some ad. Yeah, so uh, we can we can go off on in part two. So it's time for some uh, silky smooth silky ad smooth. reads from the bit from. Uh, I said Simon and Pores last. I meant Standard and Pores because <laughs> uh, Standard, of course, is our uh, speaking of wealthy patricians. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. Yeah, sta- <laughs> Daddy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our standard overlords. <laughs> yeah, Standard & Poor's rated the the best ad reads of 2022. Yeah. Because uh, they're from the future. So sit back and, <laughs> and relax. We'll be right back.
Gather round, children, and hear the tale of our latest ad read. If you're a writer, chances are high that you've got more brilliant ideas than you know what to do with. Thankfully for you, Campfire Blaze is a browser-based writing application with a full suite of organizational tools that help you write stories and world-build. Create dynamic characters with Blaze's character module, and explore how they interact with the relationship web. Perhaps they have a child that is 10 years old? Timelines are extremely flexible, allowing you to plan stories in ways that work for you. But perhaps most importantly, its manuscript module will safely store your project in the cloud. So even a time-traveling cat that did its best to run across your keyboard and erase your monstrosity of a story can't stop you from delivering it to the masses. Keep track of all your world-building with maps, species, cultures, and more. Blaze comes with 13 themes from crime to western, fantasy to romance, and even horror, which I personally refer to as musical. Campfire Blaze receives new features every month and is free to use for smaller projects. If you need more space, you only have to pay for the features you need for as little as 50 cents. And if you aren't satisfied, get your money back with their 30-day return policy. Right now, listeners of Musical Splaining can get 20% off all lifetime purchases of Blaze modules by going to campfiretechnology.com slash musicalsplaining and using code MUSICAL21 at checkout. Again, that's campfiretechnology.com slash musicalsplaining and use the code MUSICAL21 at checkout. Write better stories faster with Campfire Blaze. And be sure to keep an eye out for those keyboard cats. We're back from the island of Moltunui. It was very nice. I'm very tan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was very refreshing. (laughs) Got some coconut water. The only kind of water. (laughs) Yeah. We considered the coconut. We we feel pretty good about the coconut. (laughs) Consider the coconut. Consider its trees. For the kids at home who have not seen Moana. And are somehow going to listen to this. Disgrace. Yeah. For some reason listening to this. uh, Spoilers ahead. Yeah. Story (laughs) of Moana who, you know. Uh, her island is dying uh, for, you know, hashtag reasons. You know, turns out like, you know, <laughs> a man uh, made a mess by stealing a thing that was not his. You this know, he never thought, happens. OK, this is yeah, totally he, unrealistic. Yeah. He never. Yeah, he meant well. Because that's, that's just not always how it is. Like, he, yeah. they, they always mean well. We were he trying to impress it. somebody. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's trying to impress somebody. So, yeah, he's ruined He's ruined everything. And so Moana has to go clean it up. The ocean chose her, you know, for a reason. You know, we go on some adventures. She, found, she finds Maui. There's a really dumb plot cul-de-sac with some coconut people. It's like Little <laughs> Big Kamura. Planet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and uh, then, of course, we meet Jermaine Clement Crab. We go on some more adventures. And then eventually uh, we find out the twist at the end, which is what what is the big lava monster but uh, the friends we made along the way. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right. Well, let's talk about Moana. Yeah. Uh, do you, would you like to go mm-hmm. first, Princess? Sure. I, I think the first thing I said when my notes was like, I love the 2D animation. I want more. Like the opening <laughs> sequence, I was like, uh-huh. I wish this whole movie was like this. I still haven't really, to follow what Kaveh said uh, earlier, I haven't really loved the CGI Switch mm-hmm. with Disney. Yeah, it's like, I accept it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, oh, All yeah. their character designs kind of start to blend together. Everyone's got mm-hmm. big eyes and like pseudo-ethnic features on the bottom, which I appreciate, but it, it just makes it a little less 
fun and interesting artistically. But I mm. will say in conversations of like all the things that, you know, Liz, Lindsay as a Disney person and myself, I feel like Moana is like this perfect culmination of all the things Disney has tried to do with like its female heroines, with like its empowerment narratives. And like, mm. finally, they did it good. It's like finally yeah. they like did Musker everything they liked. I feel like because I really do feel like it's their strongest movie. If you ignore the coconuts, because uh, <laughs> I have strong coconut feelings. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the pirate coconuts, not yeah, the actual pirate coconuts. coconuts. Yeah, no, I'm pro coconut. Yeah. I'm pro coconut. I'm anti pirate coconut. I, I agree with you um, on that one. Actually, but uh, you know, it feels like the culmination of decades and decades of them honing their craft, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting because like their last two IMHO were pretty big stumbles. That being. Treasure Planet and uh, Princess and the Frog were the two they did before Moana. Um, So I don't know. I kind of feel like it's back to form. It feels more like Aladdin or the Little Mermaid in terms of like structure. And it's a really classic feeling, even though it does do the thing that all Disney movies do, where it has like really dated jokes that are going to be instantly dated, like tweeting, you know, (laughs) tweeting, Um, (laughs) you know, for the most part, it feels more classic Disney. Yeah, Mm. I agree. I also did not like the coconut people. I'm glad that you guys, or at least Lindsay's <laughs> on board with this princess. Yeah. They're you extraneous. About the coconut people. Yeah. They remind me of the rock trolls in Frozen. At least they don't oh, effing sing, because those things are a blight of pot. Like, the gargoyles and the rock people are, like, the two worst things yeah. um, Disney has ever done. <laughs> but the thing is, like, you can't skip over the rock people, you know. I don't know if that's better or worse, because the thing about this movie is... You could, because like I, ever since I had it on video or streaming or whatever, mm-hmm. I've always skipped the rock, the coconut pirates, and yeah. you lose nothing. Yeah, like you it's cut true. it out, yeah. and like you wouldn't even notice it's gone if you didn't know it was there. It's honestly, and it, I think I think it kind of improves the movie because like. So, like, in terms of, like, character beat, because that, that's another reason I like this movie, as a Disney movie without a real antagonist, is mm-hmm. it's a buddy comedy, right? It's yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a road trip movie and a buddy comedy. And the way buddy comedies are often structured is, like, we don't like each other at first, and then we grow to respect each other. So, with Maui, you have these beats where the first beat is he's ready to abandon her to die. The second beat is he's going to do that again, but then she does him a solid, so he begrudgingly respects her. Mm-hmm. The third beat is they teach each other stuff. And then, you know, fourth beat is the end of act two, lowest point. Um, so the, the problem with the coconuts is beat one happens when they first meet, mm-hmm. uh, which is, of course, the song You're Welcome. You're welcome. And thank you. At the end of which he traps her in a cave and uh, tries to abandon her several times. And then we get to the coconuts where this happens again. So it's already redundant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think the only na- thing narratively it does is that we're told that this is like a, a land full of monsters that have come out because they don't have the heart of Tafiti. And if you mm-hmm. don't have the coconut scene, then you have no monsters except for Tomatoya, who's in a cave and therefore does not seem threatening. But yeah. the threat is already that, like, they're going to starve. So I don't really need yeah, it to exactly. be a monster yeah. coconuts really. Yeah, because, like, I think the threat is there. They keep bringing it back where she'll, like, have nightmares. Like, oh, no, the stakes. I forgot about the stakes. Yeah. Like- <laughs> the only way it could have worked, theoretically, is if you had it after the Tomatoa scene. 
where it's like maybe he sends them out and then it's somehow like it's an escalation of that whole sequence. But that's basically the only way you can. Or they have to save each other. Yeah. Yeah. Or they have more monsters because then it would be like a bunch of things trying to go after the heart. Then like this one time that people are trying to steal the MacGuffin from them. Yeah. But I don't I don't think it works because like, you know, they don't really set up that monsters are the ish. They set up that creeping lava dust is the ish you know what i I bet you like a thousand dollars though is that like every kid that's like under the age of 10 probably thought that that was their favorite scene in the entire movie and we're just all curious like we should like focus group some of the the children i can discuss with the children's that i know like how did you feel about the did you want to buy merch did you see those pirate did did you say like i want to buy the lego set well it's like millions is what it felt like i'm sure they just like i'm sure little kids loved it i'm sure they loved it this to me is why moana is a nine out of ten and not a ten out of ten because i (laughs) hate the coconuts so much so then yeah well welcome to coconut cast what did we take from moana fuck coconut pirates Aside from that, right, I, I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put a coconut moratorium on moratorium, the rest of the yeah, episode. No more coconut, no, no more coconut, coconut complaints. We've we've, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've officially put that in there. But yes, so I saw it once. I think I mentioned this in the first half, right? Is that mm-hmm. I saw yeah. it with Sarah. I, the only thing I remembered was the Jermaine Clemens song, which mm-hmm. again still is the standout to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because it has any sort of emotional component, but I just think it's really funny that he somehow managed to get like. Arguably like the most famous Broadway singer songwriter to basically write like a really fancy Flight of the Concord song for him. It was yeah, in, in David the Bowie. Style of David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never hide. I can't, I'm too shiny. Watch me dazzle like a diamond in the rough. Strut my stuff, my stuff is so shiny. Uh, yeah, that, it is. It is very flight of the Concord. Yeah, <laughs> shiny. Like because even though the chorus is like a punchline. Yeah, shiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just there's some sort of like weird meta thing that was happening there that I thought mm-hmm. was hilarious. I don't have any idea if, if Jermaine Clements even intended to do that, but I thought that was like a really funny stroke of of mm-hmm. uh, paths crossing. But it's a much more simple film than I remember. It's it's really like it's very elegant, right? It's very stripped down, and mm-hmm. and really it's it is just those two characters for the most. Yeah. It's like what is it? Twenty five minutes when they're on the island with yeah with yeah. the family, like and then the rest even, of it yeah. is just the two of them. And mm-hmm. and I was surprised because I can't think of. The only thing I could think of that was similar was um, Emperor's New Groove, but even that, there's like a whole yeah, you parallel have like the, plot. The side trick with the family, yeah, Isma, Isma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like that's part of what I really like about it. Also, like, oh god, I hated that about the new. Uh, I mean, I know I promised I wouldn't talk about Raya, but one of the things I hated the most about it was the 18 million sidekicks. Like every new land brought a new sidekick each more annoying than the last one of them brought three like a baby and their pet monkeys uh and so i'm just like the fact that there was just the chicken the chicken's barely in it and the chicken hey, hey. can't talk i'm like yes i i, I do <laughs> prefer where they don't talk but i hate hey hey because we were promised pua like pua's pua. in the trailer pua's in the merch yeah. no pua one signed up the, for the yeah, chicken is the plushie pua's the plushie yeah it's funny. I feel like I got a pooey plushie in here somewhere. We yeah. have uh, two friends in our orbit. One is my cousin Fred. His dog's name is Maui. And then, <laughs> and then our other friend's name Van. Uh, I'm sorry, our other friend Van, she named her dog Pua because her and Sarah used to sit in the office together and listen to the Moana soundtrack like, oh, yeah. just on, ad infinitum. <laughs> so yeah. like watching this movie, I was like, Pua? 
Maui? What? 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 It's like, where <laughs> See, are all these yeah, fucking dogs? They're in there. People, yeah, millenn- millennials love Moana, you yeah. know? They're, we, I mean, I think it's like, I, I think there is definitely something, like, uh, when you're in your 20s and 30s that, like, does kind of hit about Moana. Like, you know, the dead grandparents. You probably, you know, it's like maybe you have that age 10, but you're more likely to get that in your 20s and 30s. Mm. Um, you know, basically having the this guy, Maui, who is uh, just constantly, like, expecting nothing from you, mm-hmm. you know, and that being that really relatable, <laughs> you know, I think that's, <laughs> you know, because that's just like, you know, especially when you're in your 20s, you're just like constantly being underestimated. And I think there is like, you know, something uniquely relatable to millennials about this movie. Mm. And I think Moana is just a very excellent protagonist because she's not whiny which is kind of the thing is like i was i kept going back and forth about especially after Lindsay's video like why didn't i like ariel like why why could i not connect to her and i'm just like because i don't really get why she cares so much about human things Mm -hmm. and i think with moana they do a really good balance between like she's somebody who is like a royal who has responsibility like she's not a princess she's daughter Mm -hmm. of chief Mm -hmm. um and like you see her like actually like helping out the villagers doing actual duty yeah Yeah, Yeah. doing the work Solve yeah, problems. doing leader things. Yeah, and even like her deciding to go into the water is not just about like I want to go live my bliss. It's about I want to yeah. live my bliss, but also like help the people that I care about. So she's just right. more actively like it's just a more dynamic feel, which I think is like the difference between like Moana, but how she's a child of like your bells, your aerials, the I want more, the yeah, I yeah. want to be with the people, the I want that for stuff. me. Yeah, I, yeah, the the like. Uh, like lean in feminism of Disney princesses. Yeah, like she's like I want to lean in for everyone. So she's yeah. like we're trying to you know. So I think that also just makes her a much more compelling heroine. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that you brought up before, Lindsay, is that in this new era of Disney where they don't really have antagonists, it's all about these character journeys. And yeah. so like this is like you see her learning things and gaining a skill. Where in like the older ones, it really was about the outside elements trying to stop the perfect and the perfect being like I will remain great no matter what mm-hmm. and so for like those millennials who have who like I wanted a little bit more from a female character I think Moana just kind of delivers mm-hmm. on all those cylinders yeah. but also like she, the fact that she's right you know yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. to go back to this screenplay question of want versus need mm-hmm. you know her wanting to voyage uh, you know and a lot usually in narratives like this like it's like the Wizard of Oz right where she wants to go party but really she needs to learn to go back home and you know be content with Keep what she trapped. has Keep you trapped yeah. in like your small town exactly. yeah exactly <laughs> you need to go back to your small town but like in the I end hate of that this, narrative that yeah yeah it's so annoying because yeah, like the, she's vindicated you know yeah. like I think that's also surprisingly rare where she's like we need to go explore the ocean because that's like what our culture is and what we were meant to do and uh then they you know she's right and they do and it's great (laughs) (laughs) i love her grandma she was so great oh she's great Um, I definitely like got all of the sad grandma feels from all of that. And also I think it's because of the Mandalorian and all the talking about Maori culture that came up when that show was at that I noticed a few more things like the how they keep doing the forehead greeting like that in Maori culture is like a traditional way that you greet somebody. So like that's the reason why she does it to Taka when their teacher like mm-hmm. recognize her as Tafiti. Oh. So that's part of her recognizing like I know who you are. This is not who you are. You know who you are. 
those are like subtle things that I learned from watching another Disney property and Disney educating us all. See, Disney does teach us so much. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is, I think, is so both funny and uh, frustrating. Oh, and my favorite, one of my favorite bits. I wrote this down. Is Maori ask all the questions the audience would on cinema since when he's like well if the ocean picked you why didn't the ocean just uh, give the thing back to Tafiti? Yeah. why didn't the ocean just give me back my hook and I'm like look at you preparing for cinema sins yeah. <laughs> in the script look at you <laughs> knowing what YouTube has become <laughs> <sighs> I, I think to, to go back to this idea of the bait and switch villain I feel like this is the only one where I think it's done well because it is tied in with you know, this question of like, what, why is Moana qualified? Because I remember when it first came out, kind of getting into it with people who said that like, she's mm-hmm. just another chosen one. And I'm like, no, sh- no, she's not. She got, she got, she got tested to get, see if she, at the beginning, to yes. see if she, she gets put yeah. into the gifted program. When will your game <laughs> save a baby right. turtle from seagulls? Yeah. Exactly. Like, see, they, calm she's, down. like literally was offered, <laughs> she was offered a shiny. Yeah. The ocean's like, hey, here's a shiny thing. She's and like, no, oh help no, the turtle instead. help the turtle. So she helps the turtle. And so like that, is, you know, the, there's like literally like a ding noise yeah, yeah. <laughs> where the ocean goes ding you win you're the chosen one mm-hmm. and that you know in the end is sort of like why it makes sense that like you see you know Teka who is you know of course the bait and switch villain it was Tafiti the whole time um, which you know the first time I saw it I did not see that coming basically having to be like someone sh- you know who is extremely compassionate showing compassion to something that seems extremely monstrous uh, so that's kind of the reason why I feel like this is the only time the bait and switch villain was done well not the first time obviously thanks uh was it big hero six frozen frozen did it i was yeah, like i think did. that kind of plays into uh, it's hey hey this is the name of the of the chicken, chicken right? yeah yeah right that's like that's another extension of that theme where it's this thing that's completely helpless and will literally just drown itself without even realizing it and just like yeah. giving that as a foil to her to be something that she has to take care of and be mindful of and she doesn't really ever get mad at it and be like, you stupid fucking chicken. Like, I'm just going to yeah. kill you. Like, she just like <laughs> continuously does it without being, you know, angry about it. And so that sort of reinforces that as well better, which yeah. I like. So like that makes more sense. I was actually talking with Sarah about Pua. Sorry, real dog Pua. I apologize. Pua the dog. But I was like, I don't that that character had no purpose. Uh, uh, Pua the pig. Basically. Well, you see, you can make him into a plush toy. You can make him into a <laughs> right. I mean, aside from the obvious. I have a Lego yes. set which has a Pua. Yeah, it's a merch. It's a soft plush yeah. thing. It's got of course. The- I mean, Honestly, because yeah, the yes. first time I saw it, I was glad Pua got booted from the boat because uh, I was like, that character only exists for merch. Like he's the yeah. Miko yeah. of the of the movie, but thank God <laughs> Miko gets like booted after Act One. But fuck, but it's also weird fuck because Miko, fuck, did, fuck, fuck, fuck Miko, <laughs> fuck raccoons, all of them. Oh Sorry, my God. trash okay. pandas. Trash pandas, <laughs> but it's, murderous trash pandas. Listen, but it is they weird, have creepy right? hands. Sorry, go ahead. Call them. They, yeah, I was gonna say it is weird because I feel like Disney always makes such a big deal of like animal sidekick characters. I don't think I've ever seen an animal sidekick character in a Disney movie that exists for like ten minutes and then is not milked for as much as possible. And right? thank like, God, I bought a Pua, so it worked. I was just <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> And uh, honestly, so they got the job done. Yeah, capitalism cool. aside, exactly. And there I mean, was no, so much- that's the only reason those things are there. Let's be real. Yeah. Like it's been ever since. Uh, oh, who was the? Was it Abu? 
that was really what like clinched, uh, you know, the animal sidekick as a fixture. I Not guess you could Raja. argue Flander. I would say Raja more Raja. than Raja. It's all the well, same. There's a bunch Aladdin. of them in there. Yeah, and then there's there's a, a like, the thing about Flander and Sebastian is they're not really animal sidekicks. They're because they're characters. They can talk. They have like you know perspectives. Like Abu oh, and Raja yeah. are like just like animals. Straight up animal and, sidekicks. Yeah, yeah, straight up animal sidekick that are almost like you know familiars of our protagonists. Mm, they're not okay. characters in their own right. Uh, so after that, because uh, of course then we had uh, you know Beauty and the Beast, which thank God didn't. The Beast was the best <laughs> animal sidekick ever. Yeah, exactly. Talking about. The hottest animal sidekick of <laughs> all time. <laughs> just like that is kind of the last movie that didn't have an animal sidekick of yeah. some sort. I guess I had the, the the dog that was also a footrest, and also but, Philippe. Uh, no Philippe erasure. He saved no, lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need a horse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I think that's that's sort of the rule about animal sidekicks is like they have to be basically useless. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, but in one, it makes sense though. Though I think yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like it, it actually is a thing that fun- that drives the character. I feel, I feel for, like which yeah, is Hey Hey is like thematic. Like both yeah. of them are like thematically useful. Yeah. But as characters, functionally useless. Like Raja, you know, she uses her as a step ladder, and then that's the only thing Raja does. The whole she movie. laughs with Raja too. They laugh at. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they share. Sa- yeah, <laughs> they do. Misa- they share some laughs. They do misandry together. They're like, let's destroy men today, tomorrow, forever. Yeah. Like, She's like. Oh, Raja, we have fun. <laughs> That's why they gave you three female friends, because only three women equal one tiger companion. <laughs> or or one in the in the remake that we're not going to talk about. Oh, oh God, friend. yeah. One What's friend that? equals one Coconuts? tiger. Coconuts? Is that what you guys are talking uh, about? Well, no, yeah. <laughs> well, see, in Aladdin, in Guy Ritchie, like, also had coconut pirate. No. Um, <laughs> It's Little Big Planet. That's all it is. That's all it was. The songs. We should probably talk about the songs. Oh, yeah, Yeah, the music. Remember the musical explaining part of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I guess I'm just sort of like, huh, what do I say? Because I I do feel like, you know, this is just like the most consistently good Lynn. However, it's only like what five songs? Yeah. So as yeah. opposed to Hamilton's forty, you know. It's fucking really catchy, though. I have to say, yeah. Like, out of mm-hmm. all the last Disney movies that I can think of, all of these are earworms. Like, yeah, I can actually remember all of them, which normally I don't. As I said before, I don't remember anything, but I remember all of these songs. Yeah, it was, I think I honestly, I really do feel like it's the best, most consistent soundtrack since Aladdin. You know, because I can't think of anything that has that like this consistent level of like quality and bangerness and, you know, memorability and, you know, hits the right emotional beats at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, because you think of like Hunchback, which I think has like some of the most underrated songs in the Disney canon, but also mm-hmm. some of the worst. <laughs> A guy <laughs> like you. <laughs> what guy? <laughs> this is why we're friends. We're just yeah. like, just like, um, yeah, I think the most underrated Disney soundtrack is Oliver and Company, but that's because I'm a trash yes. <laughs> I've suggested that at one point with Lindsay. It's such like, a great New York. Yeah. I forget why. Fucking I Billy it. Joel. Yeah. No, I think you suggested it when we weren't doing movies. So I guess now is a it's a brand new day. Like, Just because like why should Obi I worry? Was like, that act. was like the song of like yeah. my early, early childhood. That is mm-hmm. that is an absolute banger. Yeah. I think of this album, my favorite song is definitely We Know the Way. Like I just mm-hmm. it reminds me of why my favorite song in Frozen besides Let It Go is Frozen Heart. I just love a good like drum beat. Mm-hmm. Like give me some like like I love the way it transitions from speaking in um 
indigenous dialect to just going into I guess yeah, Lin Manuel yeah, yeah. singing like the animation. Oh yeah, and we get to hear Lin's voice. Like, the yeah, the yeah. choir in the back. Like that and I and Moana are just the two ones that always got me. Like it's just a very mm-hmm. consistent, well done soundtrack. And I hate the Frozen soundtrack, the first one. <laughs> I think it's honestly would throw all of it out. I don't like build a snowman. Yeah. Don't like yes, it. Love is an open door. Don't like it. Oh, yeah. I, I guess like I, I wouldn't it. go so far as hate, but I mostly agree. Like I do, <laughs> I, I do enjoy let it go. Like That's if I'm it. like almost blackout drunk at karaoke. Okay. You know, I, I can get into the spirit, but like other than that, yes. Yeah, so I liked it when it was trash. called defying gravity. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I yes. think Mona is great. One I day, one day Kava will get that recipe. Yeah, yeah, one like, day uh, Kava will get that. Get he'll, the he'll, reference. One day, yeah, one day he'll get it, and then you have too much faith in me. Even if I do we'll, get the reference, oh, I'll still be like, "What?" You, you will get it. Yes, <laughs> you'll have no choice but to coming. get it. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, it's that's coming. true. I do get phantom references now, despite like ne- against ne- my will, year. very much <laughs> aggressively. Year. So, yeah. Well, how about how about you, Kave? I like you know, like I said, I liked Shiny it just because it's like <laughs> I just I, even though it like totally doesn't. I mean, it does fit, obviously, but it's like it's not part of like the main thread. But just because it's so ridiculous, but I I like the. Uh, your welcome is even like at first it's really annoying because mm-hmm. it sort of just get, but then you just keep hearing it. And I just kept singing it to myself and I keep yeah. singing it. I'm like, all right, fine. And the, fuck, and the it's Maui catchy. Rap. I like it. Yeah. We get to, we get to see like, you know, Lynn's freestyling skills, but this time it's about Polynesian mythology. Yeah. You know, it's great. And I like, I, I like her theme a lot too. The da, 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 da. like it keeps getting mm-hmm. referenced back and uh-huh. forth. Like that's, that's a nice little descending. Yeah. You can really note. tell that like, you know, the guy who wrote the score and Lynn, you know, worked in concert because the, score you know keeps uh bringing back these like motifs from the songs like the you know the yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah that one <laughs> there's a little video of it did you guys see it there's like an extra on disney plus that shows like the making of the music Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I might have seen it on YouTube. But it's yeah. probably on YouTube too. Yeah, but it's where they're fun- talking about how much they partied. Like, yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah, like, it's like you fucking assholes. They're like, and then we went to Tahiti and filmed with like a choir, and like life was great. And I'm like, oh, it must be nice. Yeah, like, yeah. This oh, is the best like, time. Yeah, they're like, but then we went to New Zealand and partied, and yeah. then we went to Tahiti and partied, and then we went to Fiji, and we just you know kept partying, <laughs> just kept partying. I was like, ah, must be nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> must be nice. Nice. I got that reference. <laughs> we did that it. one. I got yeah. Finally one. Yeah, yeah. I don't you, know. Lindsay? I I I mean I I think I, I do agree that like we know the way is definitely the one that like kind of slaps the hardest to me uh, because like it you know it does start out with these really minimalist uh, drums and then like the uh, vocals come in like I think it's Tongan I, I forget which language but um where that's uh, uh, Opataya Fawai's voice um mm. and then it's you know flows into English with uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's voice and then, you know, builds to this like epic choir, you know, it's just like the song has like just such a great shape. The one that always hits me the hardest emotionally is uh, the How Far I'll Go reprise. Mm-hmm. And because I was thinking also like how rare it is that like you get a song at the end of act two in Disney movies, but even rarer that it's the protagonist that's doing it. Like I can't think of any. Usually it's the villain. The where reprise, like yeah. in a 
Yeah, then uh, Beauty and the Beast, it's Gaston, uh, the villager song, and uh, Aladdin, it's Jafar. Jafar, The last song in the movie uh, is... (laughs) So Ali turns out to be really Aladdin. (laughs) That's a a Tim Rice joint. Oh, Lord, yes, it is. Just a card, okay, yeah. Yeah, It's like, what is it? Like, I know to your princess, Or should we say Aladdin? You know, when you look at other movies, it's interesting when the music stops, like Mulan. Mulan, it stops like at the midpoint where the mm-hmm. last song is uh, a girl worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it just stops being a musical. And so this one, it has two, like what the, I, you know, I am Moana, which is at the end of act two. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, th- I'll, part of what gets me about it is it's just like, you know, the movie does kind of have like those edgy, like cinema sensey jokes where it'll be like a little meta and a little ironic. Uh, but like that song has, is just like so sincere and unapologetically, unapologetically so that the last lyric is I am Moana mm-hmm. <laughs> and it works yeah. you know because usually like you know I whenever usually when a character does that I think of like I am Megatron from <laughs> <laughs> I guess Nightmare Before Christmas is the only one I can think of that sort of I has that the pumpkin the king. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I think of I am Vengeance I am the knight. I am Batman. Yeah, because usually it is kind of kind of like a weird cheesy badass thing, but like that it is like, you know, the sort of like strong female, you know, empowerment moment. And that's when feminism was born, guys. Yeah, yeah. and that's when feminism started. Moana started feminism in like 1000 BC. I we actually did, was uh, thinking too about like, I wonder how many people who were like, I hate feminists, like watched this movie with their kids. <laughs> and like didn't even realize that they were watching didn't something that was actually like, like yeah, right. Either. Just sort of like, oh, I liked Moana and had no yeah. idea what the mechanics yeah. behind it were. Yeah. But I also think it's interesting that the, you know, this was a lot more complete as a musical because it ends on a song, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, is something you never saw. You never really see in Disney movies, like even older ones, you know, uh, except for the really, really old ones. Like, like Sleeping Beauty. Have, yeah. yeah, like Sleeping Beauty and Snow White, where it'll end on like, you know, just kind of like a, a quick reprise. But, um, you know, this ends with the song of her singing to Tefiti in mm-hmm. slow motion. And I guess that's one thing that I did kind of like where them doing this slow-mo thing. You couldn't do that with uh, traditional animation mm. yeah. where, you know, that they part the Red Sea. beautiful too. Jesus. It was. Yeah. She looks great. The Moses great. scene is insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then like the way that, um, like, and I, like I know not to snob about my sound system, but like the way that, you know, Tafiti like, you know, almost like hits her and uh, the, you know, ash kind of flows mm. uh, like around her. And yeah. like, you know, the, the sound design there, when you hear it in five one, is just like it just kind of goes around you like ash is going around you. That's cool. Uh, it's very chilling, you know. And that's also like another thing where I just feel like this is just, I you know, in as a musical, arguably the strongest Disney movie because it actually kind of stays a musical. It doesn't give up on being a musical yeah. <laughs> around the midpoint or the end of act two mm-hmm. which even beauty and the beast does yeah it's like we're tired now yeah yeah it's like we got we got to wrap this up because <laughs> this is another thing about like disney movies is like usually they'll have like a really long act one you know and the lion king is another interesting example of uh the last song is can you feel the love tonight which is around like the 60 70 percent point mm-hmm. you know they'll usually have like a really long act one a Shortish act two and a really short act three, which is part of why you know that you can't, you can't really jam a music number in there. Just come on, come on, we gotta wrap it up. Yeah. You know, this movie's ninety minutes. <laughs> Did this ever get a proper stage adaptation? No. Well, if you go to one of the parks, you can see. Oh, like if we, the... if you went to Aulani, a Disney resort in Hawaii, uh... I didn't know they had one in Disney, or they, they had one in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, it's really expensive. Oh. You can get married there. Mm, you got a lot of money. 
What are you trying to tell me, Lindsay? Stop <laughs> harassing me. <laughs> peer pressure. Like, peer pressure. <laughs> you guys have been together for a while. I don't know. <laughs> um, I also kind of feel like Moana is one of those movies that, you know, Disney would be too shy to make today, you know, because it would get discoursed to death, especially in light of like the discourse around in the Heights. Uh, which mm-hmm. I don't think we should get into too deeply, but I really feel like everyone involved in that movie was just blindsided by it. You know, they just did not expect that to happen, mm-hmm. um, especially Lin-Manuel Miranda. That is like, so weird to me, though. Like, I mean, it's just so weird that he was blindsided by it because people have been talking about it since the movie was announced. Like, since the first trailer came out, the first thing I saw other black and Afro-Latina people saying is like, this looks very light-skinned. So it's very mm-hmm. weird to me that he was just like, I cannot believe that. Yeah. Like when Rita Moreno yeah. came out and was like, why can't oh, we God. just be quiet? I was like, Grandma, no. Abuela, <laughs> no. Abuela, no. No, please. Someone yeah. get her I some feel tea. Like, you know, they would be really kind of shy about it because they're just like, oh, we don't want to get discoursed. So let's just you know, keep it a movie, which in a way I'm kind of like, yay, yeah. don't, because I don't, I don't want a Moana musical. I don't want any Disney movie to be made into a musical. I think they're all trash. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> As we're scheduled to go see multiples in October. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be For some content. Yeah. Oh, we, <laughs> content. we haven't actually announced that yet, but yes, oh, yeah. we, well, we yeah, will well, be going well, to New York in October. Yeah, we're returning we're gonna, to the theater. Yeah, we're going we're <laughs> to do some, yeah, we're, we're back, baby. We're going to complain about actors in real life, Pouring yes. their heart and soul out every night. <laughs> Hopefully, Princess will make the trek over from Brooklyn and join us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> join it, us for at least one of them. It, it'll be my dream come true um, because that's all I, all I could ever want is spend time with my friends talking shit about Disney and <laughs> talking, talking shit about shit. Disney. But, but talking I, shit about this company that has brought us so much grief and also so much joy. Yeah, Moana is it's being made into a television series. They're making it a spinoff series, which, in my opinion, is the best format. Is it called Hey, hey, please. Hey, hey, spinoff series. It is called Moana. Hopefully there's more Pua. Finally, Pua will get the recognition that Pua, they deserve. Justice for Pua, yeah. Pua, um, yeah. Pig, Pua representation. Yeah. Um, but there's one point that you brought up, Lindsay, that I that I thought was so apt. It's like that capitalism, like, double-edged sword. Like, the entire time I'm watching this movie and I'm getting emotional and it's like there are two sides of my brain happening at yeah, once. Yeah. The one side it's like oh, this is like they're just they just are doing this for presentation and whatever but like the only other time I felt like this emotional about like a Disney movie like that created me on this level was like Mulan like when mm-hmm, I first yeah. saw Mulan mm-hmm. in theaters like the Grace Giffen honors having you for a daughter I'd be like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and I just yeah, like uh, yeah. That that's like I'm not the biggest Mulan fan, but that scene always like just like uh yeah. Like, Dad, you're right here, my heart. Daddy approves. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he loves me finally. But I think about how like these movies, especially these non pseudo European centric ones, end up being like this weird kind of representation politics because on the one mm-hmm. hand, it's like we know that this is a company and they're not really doing great work but they also are exporting our cultures onto the YC like I know so much about Polynesian stuff through 
Disney and then doing research right, about yeah. it. And it becomes this frustrating double-edged sort of like, I may not love what they do and think that it's all bullshit on some level, but it's also like how many people growing up like Lakave yeah. with Aladdin are like, oh, yes, you know, they make all these connections to you. Like, that's why The Princess and the Frog, I hate it so much because I'm like, why don't we have a better movie than this? So it's like Moana is like that for me. It's like, I think it's beautiful. And I'm like, I, I really love that they put in the effort. But every time they don't put in the effort, it seems that much more jarring to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, so you know how to do this formula. You know how to take a culture and present it in a really respectful, kind way from like acting to casting. And then you don't do it ever again. I'm just like, mm, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I think back to the capitalism other thing, is probably just didn't make enough money. That's why. Yeah, that's <laughs> really, that's really. It probably just was not, it didn't make enough profit. I just, I, I, I think it is honestly just haunting how convincingly Disney has marketed itself as like the arbiter of representation. Mm-hmm. Like that was the thing that freaked me out the most about the riot discourses that people are just willing to fall on their sword for Disney because they have convincingly made the argument that they are authentic and they're not. But on the other hand, you know, I can't act like I didn't get anything from Moana, you know, in terms of like learning stuff, because I didn't I didn't know anything about Polynesian culture or history. You know, I didn't know about the long pause or and it's just like a lot of things that you just didn't really think about. Like, how did they get there? Like, like how did what did you just float? Like, you know, like like how did you get to Hawaii? Like, what did wayfinding entail? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like all these things that like it didn't even you know, you didn't even think to, you know, be educated about. Where it's just like, oh, because, you know, because I think like, I don't know how it is up north, but in the south, um, we spend a lot of time on indigenous history specifically for like, you know, Cherokee and, you know, Crete, that er area, like our area, but not much else. And I imagine that's true in like, you know, other parts of the country or like in Hawaii, I imagine they spend a lot of time, um, you know, on on their uh, learning about their indigenous culture, but it is very regional. So, you know, it's, it, you know, it just like kind of introduces you to a thing that like, at least in my case, it didn't even occur to me to like be educated about. So yeah, yeah it is this very double-edged sword where it's like, hey, yeah. it's a thing you didn't think about and we're going to commodify it. Right. And it becomes so personal because the Disney princess specific brand is so strong because it's like, this is like the idea ideal feminine form. I mean, that's why there was always so much discord about like how Jasmine was dressed, because what does it say that you have one technically Muslim woman wearing a bra (laughs) and like pajama (laughs) pants or like you Mm. make China the most sexist nation on earth in Milan (laughs) or like, you know, and I think that that's why people internalize it to a point where they are like, I want my thing to be good because I'm never going to get to make a thing about my culture but Disney is. And therefore, yeah. what it puts out there becomes like a shorthand. It's, it's like Big, Book of Life and Coco. You know, one right, had, yeah, yeah. you know, and it, it becomes that kind of culture warfare that Disney propagates. And when it's good, you celebrate it. When it's mediocre, it's like, how do we talk about it being mediocre without making yeah. it seem like we're not very grateful that they finally gave us another brown person? Uh, yeah, and that's just, just like this word grateful is another thing. It's just like, uh, you know, yeah. or it's just like they do kind of like, you know, it's just like, well, aren't you grateful? We did it. We did the thing. Yeah. They're like, like, I'm sure after Seoul, they're like, well, we're never doing things for the blacks again because we've done, <laughs> yeah. we've done it, we've done that's it twice. That's the last time. But uh, we've done it twice and they're you so got Black mad. Black Panther, that's it. Yeah, Stop. that's it. Yeah. You just get Black Panther movies for now. And I'm like, I'll Aren't take it. Aren't you satisfied you have the $1 billion <laughs> well, I mean, movie? I mean, but here's the thing. Like, I know, I know, like, Seoul did technically have, like, a uh, one of the directors was black, but I feel like, you know, the difference between Princess and the Frog and Seoul and Black Panther is, like, Black Panther 
you know, had all black creative heads from yeah. beginning to, you know, from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I I think that's part of why there is just like, you know, this comfort and confidence with the narrative that you don't see with Soul and Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. So I feel I feel like that's just sort of like the big difference there. And that's part of why, you know, because like they they're not really at least in the animation side, they're not really willing to take risks with their creative heads in the way that like Marvel is. And I think it really shows. And they're not willing to take risks with like black culture because I think of like all of the other not. They showed Pocahontas. a barber shop. Are you not grateful? <laughs> I'm not grateful. I'm not grateful. That's why we had a barber shop. Well, yeah, but Martina a white fate. I was gonna say a white woman was in his body at the time, yeah, Lindsay. She, she's like, you never, you never asked them questions. You, you never, never showed interest to me. <laughs> you never showed interest in their lives. Disgusting. Oh, Fey. <laughs> I was was so angry. But yeah, they never like invest in like I think of like every other non Pocahontas, um, non white Disney movie. It's like it's very much like we're celebrating the culture and we're doing it fun. It's like, oh, black people, black Americans. Um, you want this? Do you want New Orleans Jim Crow? Because that's playing 1920s. Is is that magical enough for you? You want a white best friend who's rich Uh and could get you out of poverty, but won't. It's like, why? Why? No bueno. Why? Right. Thank God for Esmeralda. Um. (laughs) The main thing about that poll, I think for me personally, is just having come from a sort of illustration and animation background is like knowing so many artists that have worked within this industry and like every day, some of these people are just miserable (laughs) Mm -hmm. because they do want the exact same thing. I can tell you, I'm just saying this because the people listening to this probably don't know, but I'm like, I, I know a lot of people who tend to be like upset for those exact reasons and they want that and they want to push that and they want to push those narratives. But the corporate structure, as you're saying, like doesn't allow you to do it. But what you, that's why you end up with these, but what I'm saying is, so what you end up with these stories that are like, they make you emotional. Like that's how strong of, of talent these people are. Is that like, Mm -hmm. even within that corporate structure, we're making you cry about a grandmother that's Polynesian. It's like not even a thing that you would have theoretically related to, but these guys are so good at their craft. That I, I, yeah. I think that's like something to be still commended as far as their talent of wanting to do it. It's not from it, it's not, but, it's like, not like think they're of not how willing. many chances they got. You know, I, I think like Musker and Clement in particular, are just like unique in that they are like, you know, they're kind of like uh, what's his name? Guy who wrote or who directed Wally. Um, Andrew Stanton. Yeah. Like Andrew Stanton just yeah. kind of coasting off of this. uh like or these really early successes, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they could have these two, like one huge bomb that was uh, Treasure Planet and one semi bust, which was Princess and the Frog, and still like be allowed these opportunities. And it's just sort of like, on the one hand, I am grateful because I do think it's their best movie. Yeah. And these are the guys who made Aladdin and the Little Mermaid and Great Mouse Detective. My heart. Um, <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, they got so many chances. And, you yeah. know, I think it's it's you know, I, it sucks, you know, that, it you know, it's a difficult discussion. I don't I'm not advocating that they should have gotten no, no, they should not have been allowed to make movies anymore because Princess and the Frog was kind of, eh. you know, that's not what I'm saying. But I do think it is worth, you know, asking these questions of like who gets access, who gets opportunities. And yeah. I really I mean, we know animation is like the most insular of all of the, yeah, yeah. you know, at least in Disney Pixar DreamWorks. You're both correct and you're both pretty. And I'm so, <laughs> so glad uh, that you're both here. Drinking your vitamin waters. Yeah. Jesus Christ, my, Princess my, Weeks my, once again being aggressively polite and beating me to the punch. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, because I love you guys. Oh, oh, one last thing. Tafiti, she reminds me so much of Spring in Fantasia. Um, and yeah. I, and I just, every, when I saw her, I was like, oh, it's like she's coming out from her. It's like she's Chernabog. And, and at the same time, get you. We're looking to do both. 
<laughs> yeah, so I was like, that was even a good little touch. And there were so many scenes where I'm like, Moana looks just like a better designed Pocahontas, where it's less yeah. fetishization. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, but yeah, one day we should hit Pocahontas. I got, oh, I got so many thoughts. Oh, the only, th- <laughs> the one last thing I'll say because we talked about it in the first half is is the man is the top knot. Right. Mm-hmm. Is it we were talking about like we don't know why it was down, but just to clarify, it's down because he's on the desert island and he's not himself. And then mm. once he gets the hook back, that's when he puts it back into the top knot. So that's like him returning to his proper form. Mm. <laughs> and also so they can show off the hair. And show off the hair, which uh, yeah. It, oh yeah, that's the last great. thing I'll say. It, incredible. <laughs> uh, also I was gonna say CG movies tend CG, CG cartoons tend to not necessarily like they get dated very quickly, I feel like, with the tech. Mm-hmm. This still mm-hmm. looks great. Mm-hmm. I thought like yeah. there's this one shot of her where she's covered in sand. I can't remember what exactly the oh, word yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, yeah. fucking the texture amazing. Was great. Yeah, I saw there's covered in sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it looks incredible. It's such a small detail, but I was like, fuck, that looks great. Yeah, yeah. Um, water. Yeah, especially compared to Frozen, because Frozen looks ten billion years old. <laughs> <laughs> Here on Musical Splaining, we do not abide Frozen. Which I still have not actually seen the film, but that's for another yeah, time. Yeah, don't watch it. Oh, yep. God. Um, but I've seen I mean, the musical. Saw, yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you, Princess, for being a lovely guest and coming and joining us on this journey to, what was the name of the island? I forgot. Moltenui. Moltenui, yeah. No, thank you for having me. Uh, you can find me at Weeks Princess on Twitter, W-E-E-K-E-S. I have my YouTube channel, Melina Pendulum, where I talk about pop culture and the interaction between that and feminism and all that good, good stuff. And I also do It's Lit with Lindsay on PBS Storied. It's Lit. Uh, telly award-winning. Telly award-winning. Program. Okay. Yeah. So just letting you know, we have certifications. Yeah. We we are validated by establishments. Oh. <laughs> We've earned our butter. Viewers like you. <laughs> and of course, we are at Musical Splaining with no G on Twitter, Musical Splaining with a G on Instagram. And on Twitter, I am at Kavitarian and at Permafriends on Instagram. Please, please, please go look at my cool comics. I spend a lot of time on them. Actually, I don't spend that much time, but I spend a <laughs> fair amount of time. It takes up a lot of time. Anyway, uh, follow the links. Do all the sponsor stuff. It helps. Some people have been posting it about it on Twitter, which I appreciate that they followed some of those uh, those sponsorship links, which is great. So thank you for that and keep doing that. Uh, it really helps us out a lot. Bye. We'll see you next time. See you guys. Bye.